Smith for the TFOM podcast here for season four, episode 12. And you know that it is UCF week. The Bearcats and UCF, they're in their inaugural season in the Big 12. We know in the AAC, this team, these teams were big rivals, still are rivals. If you are on social media, you know that both fan bases take jabs at each other on a daily basis, which makes it fun. All good. As long as nobody's disrespecting anybody, I'm all for it. Um, and today I have a guy, if you've been checking out the podcast for the the first three seasons, he's been a guest, a normal guest, a guy that we go back and forth with all the time. Um, my guy, Andrew Glucol of UCF.com. Andrew, how are you doing today? Doing great. How you guys doing? Not too bad. And also for uh for the ride along today, we got my guy, a fellow contributor of the front office news, Neil Meyer. Neil, how you doing today? Good man. How are you guys? Good man. Good. Rocking. Good. So, Andrew, man, how's everything going your way? Ah, uh, it's great. You know, happy happy uh, Halloween uh, past date. Uh, you know, had a, a great time taking my daughter trick or treating over the last few days. Uh, got eaten alive by mosquitoes, but chilled outside, handed out candy. Uh, good times. Couldn't ask for anything better. I'm jealous, man. Up here it was we went trick or treating yesterday. It was like 42 degrees, <laughs> something and like that. I, I like that kind of weather. You know, I'm. You know, born and raised in Cleveland, uh, I I love. I was in the snow belt part of the east side, the eastern suburbs. I I love cold weather. I don't know why I'm still in Florida. I think it's my wife's yeah. fault. See, I like the heat, but the thing is, last year it was about maybe like mid to high fifties, which I'm I'm cool with that. Doing being active on a 40, 40 degree thing was was tough, but it was alright. I got my steps in. I got over got over eight thousand steps in yesterday, like just from. I don't know if you saw the video of the glass bowl up in uh up at Toledo yep. yesterday holy moly yeah yeah for sure <laughs> that's uh, football weather yep yep <laughs> I had a little bet on that game and uh I had everything right but I overextended the quarterback's rushing yards I was killing them but that's neither here nor there uh <laughs> but I was like I knew I knew Toledo was gonna win man they got a good team pretty good Mac team so it'll be a team that'll be bowling this year for sure Oh sure. So speaking of two teams who may not be bowling this year. Oh man. Um in, insert the uh Spider-Man meme where you point at each other. Yeah, this, this is not this is a season that has not gone as planned. It's because the thing is, I'll, I'll go into my little rant real fast. Um, before I start at we start barraging you with questions. Is okay, I understand like I tell everybody I understand. Okay, they're two and six. I understand they're not like this isn't the college football playoff team from a couple years ago. We knew that this isn't even a team from last year. But everybody that's watched that covers this team, me and Neil talk about it all the time. This team was definitely a six-win team, like a solid six-win team. And I don't it's I mean it's gonna take a miracle for that to happen now. But I was saying, like on a early side, maybe eight max and on a on if everything plays out right and then you know seven was you know real real good season but i thought six was a slam dunk at the beginning of the season you start off two and oh now you lose six in a row it's crazy but andrew how's it been just the temperature of uh, the UFC, ucf football right now oof i mean uh, they're sharpening the pitchforks they've lit the torches 
they are not happy with how things have gone. Here's the truth. Yeah, I predicted between six and six, seven and five, and eight and four if things really worked out. Uh, but this is a team that doesn't know how to finish games. I mean, you look at their ESPN FPI ranking. They're 37th. I That's actually really good. They're higher than Iowa State. They're higher than West Virginia, who just torched them last week. They're higher than Baylor, which, you know, they gave up 20. Uh, they're ranked higher than all those schools on the FBI, yet they're three and five. I mean, this is a team that does not know how to finish the job. And, and they're going to have to learn real quick because, you know, you got four games left. You have to win three out of them. And you got you got Cincinnati, you got Oklahoma State, you got Texas Tech, and you have Houston. Uh, Oklahoma State and Houston, they're the home games. The other two are the away games. Uh, you can you can realistically say that the Houston-Cincinnati games are very winnable games, but they're going to have to steal one somewhere else between Oklahoma State, who's finally starting to get hot. They're 6-2. and two. And Texas Tech, who's granted the three and five, but trying to win in Lubbock is never easy. So they're going to have to steal one if they're going to go bowling, or or else uh, they're going to stay home most likely with Cincinnati. Yeah, it's it's rough. Um, it was tailor made for them to get out of a rut too, like for the Bearcats. You know, you get two in a row at home: Iowa State, Baylor, and it just didn't. It's not worked out for them. And the thing is that the Bearcats are very high on like rushing yards, like just total yards in general. Um, defenses normally is not terrible. Uh, they give up a lot in the passing game now this year um, from the deflections and stuff, but the front seven is still solid. It's just that um, we miss misplays and then kind of just can't get out of our own way. A lot of, you know, pick sixes, fumble sixes, stuff that just kills them a penalty at the wrong time. Um, being over aggressive, not taking points when they should. So it's just like uh, special teams issues as well. Yeah, special teams has been this might have been the worst their special teams has been in the last six years, I think. Just because I mean I've I've seen the most six they're playing better competition, but still I see they're giving up a lot more explosive plays and kickoff returns and punt returns. I'm not I'm not and I'm not used to that. Even when they were playing the Notre Dames and Indianas and you know, tougher teams, you know, I just, I just I'm not used to that being a consistent basis. And that's what's been happening. Well, I'll tell you one thing, uh, playing UCF, maybe what the doctor ordered, because uh, granted, you know, Emory Jones, all the UCF fans like criticized Cincinnati for picking this guy up and starting him because, you know, they've seen him play and it wasn't. The you look at the stats right now, they're ranked what sixth in the FBS in, in rushing offense. Where's UCF's rushing defense ranked? 126. Mm. I mean, this may be exactly what the doctor ordered for Cincinnati to kind of stop that bleeding. If there's a game they're going to win, they're going to win on the on the ground because UCF's rush defense is. They they, they need it because they tried to to milk the game against Oklahoma State and it still got ugly uh, um, last week and it was it was rough rough. But uh, Neil, man, I'll let you ask a few questions you know we kind of go through offense defense thing but i'll let you uh pop a few in there yeah man so obviously you're looking down at the ucf offense i mean john rice plumley's back um uh, obviously i don't know if he's 100 percent healthy after missing some time but he is back he returned last week and then you have a guy like javon baker and rj harvey who both absolutely cooked uc last year i mean just overall the sense is what are the keys 
for the Bearcats, in your opinion, Andrew, that they have to find a way to slow those guys down? Well, the key in this game is going to be turnovers. Uh, John Rice Plumley is prone to create is prone to turnovers, and and that's what really killed them last week against West Virginia. West Virginia scored three touchdowns off turnovers versus none for UCF. Twenty point game uh, swing, you know, in between there. So I, you know, turn turnovers and the capitalization of it is is really what Cincinnati is going to have to focus on because uh, Plumley is prone to mistakes. Uh, he he's gotten a lot of his legs back, and obviously, I don't think he's ever going to be really fully a hundred percent the Boise State game, but I mean, he's as close as he's been. He tried to go uh, the game prior. They, you know, uh, they, they, you know, against Kansas, they yanked him out. He comes back against Oklahoma, uh, plays a really good game. I, that, that one was a game they let, let get by. They should have beat Oklahoma. And they couldn't, they didn't, again, couldn't finish the game. They had, they, they let the foot off, off the throat, let Oklahoma come back and win the game. Uh, so I, they have the ability. UCF's offensive problem is that uh, RJ Harvey, uh, good luck stopping him. He's tough. Uh, UCF's offensive line, they've been kind of moving around a little bit, still looking for the right mixture. I think they kind of settled in. Uh, and, and those wide receivers, man, they are they make things much easier for the quarterbacks because I, UCF's quarterbacking situation just is not great, you know. John Rice Plumley is really more of an athlete than a quarterback. You know, he'll out athletic you, but those wide receivers have bailed him out time and time again. Yeah, so you're talking about uh, a guy in RJ Harvey who has had a great season. Uh, in terms of preparation heading into this week, the Bearcats defensive line obviously gave up a massive second half last week to Ollie Gordon, who's put up back to back weeks of nearly 300 yards. Just talk about the importance of seeing a guy like Ollie Gordon ahead of another great running back in RJ Harvey and what they can do to kind of shift that thing and uh, kind of eliminate RJ Harvey a little bit. Well, I mean, Ollie Gordon was putting up video game numbers. I mean, the last, the last couple of games, they've just been absolutely ridiculous. His yards after contact have outdone a number of teams overall rushing numbers. I mean, it's just uh, absolutely outrageously like, so the, the the key is obviously you got to manage your outside containment because you have between RJ you have two running backs who can go outside and turn the Jets on. Richardson, very small but speedy running back, great for that misdirection. Uh, but RJ Harvey's built like a cannonball. He's not a big guy, but he's strong. He's stocky, and you know he can he can break a 30, 40 yard run before guys can catch up to him. I mean he's not gonna run it all the way to Yenzo most likely because, you know, he, he doesn't have his the greatest downfield speed, but he's got an explosion into the second level and can create his own holes at times. Uh, you're, you know, they're going to have to maintain assignments and, and they can't get pushed. You know, the one thing that we've learned about in the big 12 is the, is that corn fed beef on the offensive line makes a big difference. You know, when UCF played against Kansas State, the offensive line just threw UCF's defensive line. They ran rough shot over. Same thing. Uh, you you know, if the offensive line you know establishes uh, can create the holes, it's going to be a very long day for for the Cincinnati defense. I always say, if a defensive back leads your team in tackles, you're doing something wrong. So you, you want to make sure you know, those linebackers are very active maintaining. You know that second level protection. You know, 
give up two to three yards every play. Okay, then, you know, keep them in their territory. They'll putt because they're not going to want to risk losing, you know, a, a possession. Uh, but they, they're going to have to mitigate the big play threat uh, from that from that running game, which can happen really anytime. Cool, cool. So we'll, we'll switch sides and talk on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, it hasn't been going how you guys probably have planned or thought, but um, – who is the guy that the Bearcats are going to have to make sure they have a hat on um, on the rush side of things? It could be a linebacker or a defensive end or a D tackle, but who is the guy they have to have blocked or it can be a good day for UCF? Well, uh, you, you got to look at, at the front, the, the front, you know, defensive line. Uh, Tremont Morris, a little bit of a flex position. I, th- this guy is just an absolute monster on the end. And, and he's quick. He's got good hands and, and is able to, to make tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, the defensive line for UCF, it's young, but it's improving. Uh, uh, you've got John Walker, true freshman, uh, very highly touted recruit. Uh, he's getting better each game he plays. Uh, I, I can't wait to see how he does next year when he's a, a sophomore. But, I mean, uh, him, those two on, on the on the you know the defensive line – really their coverall guy. He's their main linebacker. Uh, the UCS biggest problem on defense is they, they just don't have the linebacking power. So he, at times he's left a little bit on an island, but when he's able to, to make sound tackles and, and prevent large-scale plays, it's the other guys that gave us. And then in the secondary, um, Bearcats' passing game hasn't very been, been very explosive as of late. But um, how would you how would you rate the UCF uh, secondary right now? Or is is that their weakness? Or do you feel like the the running game, the rushing defense, is more so their their calling card right now? That's uh, kind of getting them in trouble. Oh, the rushing defense has been an absolute disaster for for UCF. Uh, their pass defense actually been pretty solid. Uh, they lost uh, one of their uh, safeties, uh, the Jordan Mask, to injury. He's done for the year. Uh, that's going to hurt. But uh, uh, Damari Henderson, who is uh, uh, came in, he's a sophomore, uh, still working on his tackle technique, but his coverage is pretty good. Uh, I think he'll make up for it. Uh, this, you know, passing defense, you know, defense is, has always been pretty solid this year, and you know, no one's really, really broken out on them. Uh, you know, former UCF quarterback who, who had not one of his greatest games against him. They, they just did a pretty good job of, of doing just enough. With Oklahoma, they, they had a couple big plays. That's just what they do, but they largely kept them in check. Uh, considering the Cincinnati's quarterbacking issues, uh, I, I don't think they're going to have much success on the passing side. They're going to have to win this game on the ground to the ground game to make to do some damage makes definitely makes sense definitely makes sense so neil do you got you got any more that you want to want to shoot yeah just talk about a couple uh couple players there obviously javon baker is a guy we talk about just talk about his ability to really kind of alter games i know he's the number one target down there uh former alabama transfer but just talk about the ability he is able to 
really have. I know uh, he's very capable of the explosive plays, and that's something Cincinnati has given up a lot of. Just talk about how Cincinnati's defense is really going to have to hone in to make sure a guy like Baker doesn't get loose and, and take it to the house. One of him on that team. Uh, you have Kobe Hudson uh, on the opposite side of him. Uh, transfer from Auburn. Was their leading receiver when he transferred to UCF. So you already had you have two really capable receivers. Uh, you have a third guy in Xavier Townsend who's been dealing with some, some injury issues. He's, they're trying to get him to, to go this week. We'll see how it works out. Uh, but he's really very versatile player. But, you know, in the case of, of Hudson and Baker, these are both guys that have good verticals, uh, good downfield speed, and they're able to adjust their routes to the ball. Uh, you, you do occasionally see some focus issues, which has led to a couple of uh, really unusual interceptions uh, based on tipped balls. But for the most part, these are pretty sure hands that that, that get the job done. I, uh, J- uh, Javon Baker is much room down the sideline to make it work and then and then kobe hudson is a, is a great a great second guy and the thing is because you have two great wide receivers not even including you know townsend in the slot or alec holler at tight end but that means you have to uh, spread out your your defensive coverage you can't sacrifice a double team you know because you're you're leaving another guy on an island uh, so that that makes it that much more difficult for you know the cincinnati defense now what helps them Who's quarterback? Plumley. Obviously, you have to cheat up because he's such a threat to run the ball, but he's not nearly as accurate of a passer as Timmy McLean, who uh, filled in for him when he was injured. McLean, not really a running threat, but I mean, really, really nice to see. So it really depends where they go with this. I expect Plumley to play despite all the turnovers he had last week. Uh, I don't see Gus Malzahn making that change just yet, but uh, if things, if the wheels fall off badly early, uh, they, they could pull the trigger and switch it up. All right. So Bearcat fans, y'all hear that. It could, you could be musical chairs at the quarterback position uh, on Saturday and that could possibly happen for the Bearcats as well. So uh, um, it's going to be interesting. Um, The Bearcats and you, I mean, Bearcats and UCF, both, you know, last year, you know, coming into this matchup, they both were kind of in positions of having a chance to win the win. They're ranked. They're both yeah. ranked teams yeah. last year. Yeah. And then this year, they're both like back against the wall, need a win, they still have a chance to be bowl eligible. And you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's like what a difference a year makes. But I am happy that they're in the Big 12 um, <laughs> overall. But man, this year isn't going like it planned. And like you said, like earlier. Um, I was thinking six and six, you know, if everything went well for the Bearcats, eight and four, and then seven and five, it was like you got one game to swing your way that you didn't expect, you know. And, uh, you know, we're eight games in, two and six, man. We, we're uh, every every game has been uh, adding on to a. If they lose is adding on to a, a record that uh, or a streak that you know don't want to be a part of. So. It's going to be interesting, man. It's definitely going to be interesting. So, Andrew, um, we appreciate your time, man. Um, the jumping in, talking UCF. Just let let the fans know where they can find you on Twitter, aka X, um, and find your work. <laughs> it's still Twitter to me. It's Twitter, uh, man. It's Twitter. Hey.
Yeah, it's, it's a, like a site that your kids aren't supposed to be on. Yeah, it, it's like I don't live in South Florida. I, I live you know closer to Tampa, but people in South Florida, like Miami area, you know, you have the stadium down there. To them, it's still Joe Robbie Stadium for when it was first yeah. built. Makes uh, sense. Same, same idea, you know. Yeah, I, I used to call the the for the longest time the arena in Cleveland Gund Arena. You know, yeah, they, it's still gone. Yeah, it was Quicken Loans Arena. Now it's Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. No, yeah. I, I'll, I'll call Quicken Home. You know, Quicken uh, or the Q. Like, yeah, the Q. Yeah, the Q was just cool. That was a cool name, especially when like with the announcers and stuff. That was yeah. Like, so they they changed it. Nah, yeah, it's like yeah. Down there was like Sun Life Stadium and insert sponsor yeah. here Stadium and Land Shark Stadium. No, it's yeah, like yeah. here is what was it Paul Brown? Paul Brown Stadium now is Paycor. Got to get the yeah, money, it's Paul Brown. That, but it's still Paul it's, Brown. It's Paul Brown Stadium. I mean, it's still it's Paul the Great Brown. American Ballpark. I mean, yeah, you know, PBS. You, you, you got a name, you settle with it, and you, you just roll with it. So it's Twitter. <laughs> yeah, for sure, Twitter. A moment caught it Twitter. We're gonna call it Twitter now, but uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you can catch me on Twitter at Statboy Drew, and you can catch my work at Sons of UCF at SonsofUCF.com. Uh, I do uh, weekly columns, usually kind of semi-fun stuff. I actually uh, was, of course, making fun of Cincinnati Chili because why not? My mom tried to make it when I was younger growing up, and thank God I was staying at a friend's house that night because it was so bad. She screwed it up so much that the dog wouldn't even eat it. Oh, uh, that's tough. That's that one tough. Just, just go to the restaurant. Yeah. Just just have yeah. some, someone else make it for you. <laughs> yeah, understandable. But, you know, playing on the Halloween tradition and the fact that, you know, you got it's it sits on spaghetti and stuff, you know, you know what is this stuff? Uh, that's my reason. I mean, it kind of, you know, grows on you like like some parasite. I mean, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but no, to each their own. I mean, I grew up on some unique foods, too. So, I mean, to each their own. I you know, make fun of, but, you know, I even put a recipe on this. Like, if you want to try it, go try it. Nice, uh, nice. But the the Big Twelve actually had a little little uh, video on Twitter some months back talking about Cincinnati chilling, whether you would try it or not. So yeah, yeah, uh, I think that was like Will Howard from Kansas State was like, nah, nah, yeah, I'm not yeah. trying that. I've yeah, players yeah. wearing Cincinnati jerseys, like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man, that's rough. <laughs> Won't yeah. even try the local cuisine. Yeah, some of them were like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, some people are like, it's like one of the main questions people ask, like when they go, and they're like, ah, maybe. <laughs> the first time I tried it was at, a, a, was at a Skyline Chili down in Fort Lauderdale. It was awful. Uh, it was just, and, and, you know, I've learned sometimes you have to try something more than once because you yeah. know, maybe you had a bad batch. It had been a bad batch because I had it again at another Skyline, uh, one close to where I live that my friend's mom actually runs. Mm. And it was way better. Uh, yeah, it's solid. It's it's grown on me. Like I'm I'm from Dayton, and like I was never big thing uh, about that. I'm like, eh. like I like my wife's chili and other people and my family make chili better. But like I've tried it like in the recent years. And I'm like, it's not bad. It grows on you. Like if you get a good batch too, like you know, you need a good batch. And yeah, you get a bad batch, it really will turn you off. Oh man, I had to hold my nose while eating it at uh at at that. That first oh yeah, that's bad. Yeah, it smelled like that. Most oh, I, I've never got a bad batch that smelled like that. You got a super bad batch. Well, I, this well, it, also, it always smells good. Holding your nose makes you taste it less too. 
Yeah, that's if it if, it's, if it smells bad, and you got a super bad batch for sure. But this, oh, but this smell, nothing, it always smells good. There was nothing redeemable about the first time I tried it. it you know, yeah. So a few years later, tried it again. It's like okay, okay, it's not bad. You got shorted. You got shorted for sure. Yeah, I was traumatized. Yeah, you got <laughs> somebody set you up. But yeah, I blame my wife because she took me there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> got set up, got lined up on that one yeah man well we we appreciate it <laughs> we appreciate it and we'll have people check in and hope somebody got a win on saturday so somebody got a win in the tie yeah that'd be crazy the face of the earth and both teams go with it it's like well that'd be crazy be like 10 wins, overtimes huh? <laughs> Like ten overtimes and then just so keep going. Transfer to going. another dimension. The steam just poof gone. Yeah, like everybody just go with it. it's a tied game. What do you do? Implodes. That'd be crazy. Yeah, that'd be crazy. So cool, man. Well, we, we'll uh, we'll wrap again. You know, maybe around basketball season, we'll we'll talk some more and see what's going on, y'all. Uh, see if Hopefully, you want to talk. We're hoping to win a conference game in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> it was unanimous it was one, huh? last in the big 12 <laughs> unanimous I mean, they're not very good i was saying, I was, I was saying yeah, we have his brother tyler instead <laughs> they came together tyler redshirt and taylor is obviously the better basketball player he, yeah okay. okay for himself yeah definitely doing okay so yeah cool man we'll, we'll we'll wrap again for sure so man we appreciate you being on and man have a good day my guy you too always a pleasure my friend i'm sandra